Chapter Eight of the Little Minister. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Little Minister by J. M. Barry. Chapter Eight. Three A.M. Monstrous audacity of the woman. Not till the stroke of three did Gavin turn homeward, with the legs of a ploughman and eyes rebelling against overwork. Seeking to comfort his dejected people, whose courage lay split on the brae, he had been in as many houses as the policemen. The soldiers marching through the wines came frequently upon him, and found it hard to believe that he was always the same one. They told afterwards that Thrums was remarkable for the ferocity of its women and the number of its little ministers. The morning was nipping cold, and the streets were deserted, for the people had been ordered within doors. As he crossed the roods, Gavin saw a gleam of redcoats. In the back wind he heard a bugle blow. A stir in the banker's close spoke of another seizure. At the top of the school wind, two policemen, of whom one was weary world, stopped the minister with a flash of a lantern. "'We darna let you pass, sir,' the tilly-drum man said, "'without a good look at you. That's the orders.' "'I hereby swear,' said weary world authoritatively that this is no egyptian signed peter spence policeman called by the vulgar weary world mr dishart you can pass unless you'll bide a wee and bias your crack you have not found the gypsy then gavin asked no the other policeman said but we can she's within cry of this very spot and escape she canna what mortal man can do weary world said we're doin i and mer she's ild weaked and may find bilby in queer places mr dishart my official opinion is that this egyptian is fearsomely like my snuff-spoon i've kent me drap that spoon on the fender and be beat to find it in an hour and yet at a time i was sure was there this is a gay mysterious world and women's the uncanniest things in it it's hardly most to think how uncanny they are this one deserves to be punished gavin said firmly she incited the people to riot she did agreed weary world who was supping ravenously on sociability ay she even tried her tricks on me so that them that kens no better thinks she fooled me but she's cracky and as for her being a cutty you said yourself mr dishart that we're all desperately wicked but we're sair tried has it ever struck you that the trout bites best on the sabbath god's critters tempt and decent men come along cried the tilly-drum man impatiently i'm comin but i maun give mr dishart permission to pass first ha you heard mr dishart weary world whispered that the egyptian diddle baith the captain and the sheriff it's my official opinion that she's no better than a roasted onion the which if you grip it firm jumps out a sick leaving its coat in your fingers mr dishart you can pass the policeman turned down the school wind and gavin who had already heard exaggerated accounts of the strange woman's escape from the town-house proceeded along the tenements he walked in the black shadows of the houses though across the way there was the morning light in talking of the gypsy the little minister had as it were put on the black cap but now even though he shook his head angrily with every thought of her the scene in windy ghoul glimmered before his eyes 
sometimes when he meant to frown he only sighed and then having sighed he shook himself he was unpleasantly conscious of his right hand which had flung the divot oh she was shameless and it would be a bright day for thrums that saw the last of her he hoped the policeman would succeed in it was the gladsomeness of innocence that he had seen dancing in the moonlight a mere woman could not be like that how soft and she had derided him he the auld minister of thrums had been flouted before his people by a hussy she was without reverence she knew no difference between an auld minister whose duty it was to speak and hers to listen and herself this woman deserved to be and the look she cast behind her as she danced and sang it was sweet so wistful the presence of purity had silenced him a purity who had made him fling that divot he would think no more of her let it suffice that he knew what she was he would put her from his thoughts was it a ring on her finger fifty yards in front of him gavin saw the road end in a wall of soldiers they were between him and the manse and he was still in darkness no sound reached him save the echo of his own feet but was it an echo he stopped and turned round sharply now he heard nothing he saw nothing yet was not that a human figure standing motionless in the shadows behind he walked on and again heard the sound again he looked behind but this time without stopping the figure was following him he stopped so did it he turned back but it did not move it was the egyptian gavin knew her despite the lane of darkness despite the long cloak that now concealed even her feet despite the hood over her head she was looking quite respectable but he knew her he neither advanced to her nor retreated could the unhappy girl not see that she was walking into the arms of the soldiers but doubtless she had been driven from all her hiding-places for a moment gavin had it in his heart to warn her but it was only for a moment the next a sudden horror shot through him she was stealing toward him so softly that he had not seen her start the woman had designs on him gavin turned from her he walked so quickly that judges would have said he ran the soldiers i have said stood in the dim light gavin had almost reached them when a little hand touched his arm stop cried the sergeant hearing someone approaching and then gavin stepped out of the darkness with the gypsy on his arm is it you mr dishart said the sergeant and your lady i said gavin his lady pinched his arm yes she answered in an elegant english voice that made gavin stare at her but indeed i'm sorry i ventured into the streets to-night i thought i might be able to comfort some of these unhappy people captain but i could do little sadly little it is no scene for a lady ma'am but your husband has uh, did you speak mr dishart yes i must inform my dear said the egyptian i quite agree with you so we need not detain the captain i'm only a sergeant ma'am indeed said the egyptian raising her pretty eyebrows and how long are you to remain in thrums sergeant only for a few hours mrs dishart if this gypsy lassie had not given us so much trouble we might have been gone by now ah yes i hope you will catch her sergeant sergeant said gavin firmly i must oh you must indeed dear said the egyptian for you are sadly tired good-night sergeant your servant mrs dishart your servant sir but cried gavin come love 
said the egyptian and she walked the distracted minister through the soldiers and up the manse road the soldiers left behind gavin flung her arm from him and standing still shook his fist in her face you you woman he said this i think was the last time he called her a woman but she was clapping her hands merrily it was beautiful she exclaimed it was iniquitous he answered and i am minister you can't help that said the egyptian who pitied all ministers heartily no gavin said misunderstanding her i could not help it no blame attaches to me i meant that you could not help being a minister you could have helped saving me and i thank you so much do not dare to thank me i forbid you to say that i saved you i did my best to hand you over to the authorities then why did you not hand me over gavin groaned all you had to say continued the merciless egyptian was this is the person you are in search of i did not have my hand over your mouth why did you not say it forbear said gavin woefully it must have been the gypsy said because you really wanted to help me then it was against my better judgment said gavin i'm glad of that said the gypsy mr dishart i do believe you like me all the time can a man like a woman against his will gavin blurted out well of course he can said the egyptian speaking as one who knew that is the very nicest way to be liked seeing how agitated gavin was remorse filled her and she said in a wheedling voice it's all over and no one will know passion sat on the minister's brow but he said nothing for the gypsy's face had changed with her voice and the audacious woman was become a child i'm very sorry she said as if he had caught her stealing jam the hood had fallen back and she looked pleadingly at him she had the appearance of one who was entirely in his hands there was a torrent of words in gavin but only these trickled forth i don't understand you you are not angry any more pleaded the egyptian angry he cried with the righteous rage of one who when his leg is being sawn off is asked gently if it hurts him ah oh, i know you are she sighed and the sigh meant that men are strange have you no respect for law and order demanded gavin not much she answered honestly he looked down the road to where the redcoats were still visible and his face became hard she read his thoughts no she said becoming a woman again it is not yet too late why don't you shout to them she was holding herself like a queen but there was no stiffness in her they might have been a pair of lovers and she the wronged one again she looked timidly at him and became beautiful in a new way her eyes said that he was very cruel and she was only keeping back her tears till he had gone more dangerous than her face was her manner which gave gavin the privilege of making her unhappy it permitted him to argue with her it never implied that though he raged at her he must stand afar off it called him a bully but did not end the conversation now but perhaps i should not tell this unless she is his wife a man is shot with a thrill of exultation every time a pretty woman allows him to upbraid her i do not understand you gavin repeated weakly and the gypsy bent her head under this terrible charge only a few hours ago he continued you were a gypsy girl in a fantastic dress barefooted the egyptian's bare feet at once peeped out mischievously from beneath the cloak 
and then again retired into hiding you spoke as broadly complained the minister somewhat taken aback by this apparition as any woman in thrums and now you fling a cloak over your shoulders and immediately become a fine lady who are you perhaps answered the egyptian it is the cloak that has bewitched me she slipped out of it ay ay oh losh she said as if surprised it was just a cloak that did it for now i'm a pure ignorant bit lassie again my certie but class does make a differ to a woman this was sheer levity and gavin walked scornfully away from it yet if you will not tell me who you are he said looking over his shoulder tell me where you got the cloak na fegs replied the gypsy out of the cloak really mr dishart you had better not ask she added replacing it over her she followed him meaning to gain the open by the fields to the north of the manse good-bye she said holding out her hand if you are not to give me up i am not a policeman replied gavin but he would not take her hand surely we part friends then said the egyptian sweetly no gavin answered i hope never to see your face again i cannot help the egyptian said with dignity your not liking my face then with less dignity she added there is a splotch of mud on your own little minister it came off the divot you flung at the captain with this parting shot she tripped past him and gavin would not let his eyes follow her it was not the mud on his face that distressed him nor even the hand that had flung the divot it was the word little though even margaret was not aware of it gavin's shortness had grieved him all his life there had been times when he tried to keep the secret from himself in his boyhood he had sought a remedy by getting his larger comrades to stretch him in the company of tall men he was always self-conscious in the pulpit he looked darkly at his congregation when he asked them who by taking thought could add a cubit to his stature when standing on a hearth-rug his heels were frequently on the fender in his bedroom he has stood on a footstool and surveyed himself in the mirror once he fastened high heels to his boots being ashamed to ask hendry munn to do it for him but this dishonesty shamed him and he tore them off so the egyptian had put a needle into his pride and he walked to the manse gloomily margaret was at her window looking for him and he saw her though she did not see him he was stepping into the middle of the road to wave his hand to her when some sudden weakness made him look towards the fields instead the egyptian saw him and nodded thanks for his interest in her but he scowled and pretended to be studying the sky next moment he saw her running back to him there are soldiers at the top of the field she cried i cannot escape that way there is no other way gavin answered will you not help me again she entreated she should not have said again gavin shook his head but pulled her closer to the manse dyke for his mother was still in sight why do you do that the girl asked quickly looking round to see if she were pursued oh i see she said as her eyes fell on the figure at the window it is my mother gavin said though he need not have explained unless he wanted the gypsy to know that he was a bachelor only your mother only let me tell you she may suffer more than you for your behaviour to-night how can she if you are caught will it not be discovered that i helped you to escape but you said you did not yes i helped you gavin admitted my god what would my congregation say if they knew i had let you pass yourself off as as my wife he struck his brow and the egyptian had the propriety to blush 
it is not a punishment from men i am afraid of gavin said bitterly but from my conscience no that is not true i do fear exposure but for my mother's sake look at her she's happy because she thinks me good and true she has had such trials as you cannot know of and now when at last i seemed able to do something for her you destroy her happiness you have her life in your hands the egyptian turned her back upon him and one of her feet tapped angrily on the dry ground then child of impulse as she always was she flashed an indignant glance at him and walked quickly down the road where are you going he cried to give myself up you need not be alarmed i will clear you there was not a shake in her voice and she spoke without looking back stop gavin called but she would not until his hand touched her shoulder what do you want she asked why whispered gavin giddily why why do you not hide in the manse garden no one will look for you there there was genuine tears in the gypsy's eyes now you are a good man she said i like you don't say that gavin cried in horror there is a summer seat in the garden then he hurried from her and without looking to see if she took his advice hastened to the manse once inside he snibbed the door end of chapter eight recorded by sylvia m b in washington state